This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hi, it's Mark here. Welcome to episode 27 of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 5th of March. How was your week? Weather was a bit nice, wasn't it? Makes a change from previous weeks. Don't know about you, but we had the ice cream van doing the rounds in town up in our estate. Bought myself a 99, which doesn't cost you 99 cents anymore. Mind you, I don't think it ever did, but it was nice. Did you cut the grass this week because the weather was so good? I did. I must apologise right now to the next door neighbours because you know when you start up your lawnmower at the beginning and smoke goes everywhere? Yeah, let's just say people were taking in the washing. So I do apologise to everyone in our estate. Some schools also reopened this week. You can hear the parents cheering with delight. It was also World Book Day and Local Enterprise Week. It was also a very good week for jockey Holly Doyle, whose dad is from Clonmel. Holly had five winners in a row at Kempton. Happy birthday, too, to Shoes Cottage at the Westgate in Clonmel, who celebrated three years in business this week. And Finding a Voice started today, streaming from behind closed doors at Hearns Hotel. It runs until Monday, and for more information, check out findingavoice.ie. So, what's coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, you will hear an amazing story of Clonmel jockey and Irish polo cross captain Shane Harris, who owes his life to the ICRR Air Ambulance after a horse riding accident. Eamon O'Malley on the Sofa Symphony listening party. Good news for Marlefield. An update on McDonald's and their opening hours. And a whole lot more. The Clonmel Podcast. Okay, let's get underway. Let's start with this. And if you don't lock your car at night time or during the day, please do so. The guards are warning us right now after a number of CDs were stolen from a car parked in town. This was at Glenoaks Walk last Saturday night, Sunday morning, and the car was unlocked. For goodness sake, please lock your cars. Also, any information on this, or if you see someone flogging some Michael Bolton Greatest Hits CDs on a street corner, please contact the Clonmel Garda Station on 052612222. Now, staying with cars and driving, Clonmel has the largest waiting list for driving tests in Tipperary, according to a survey this week, with 812 people waiting to sit their test. The average waiting time for tests is now 20 weeks and 40 additional testers nationally have been hired to help with the backlog as 100,000 people are waiting nationally for their driving test. Do you remember your driving test? Yeah, me too. It was a scary experience, wasn't it? It really was. I know a cousin of mine got one of those free ones that was handed out back in the day. Did you get one of those? Imagine that, a free one. Now, Clonmel Mills and Wheels have been on. They're looking for a driver. You must be receiving a social welfare payment and be over 21 years of age. If you're interested and eligible to participate on a CE scheme, please contact Maria on this number, 052612378. That's 052612378. Staying with driving and roads, we've got a bit of a theme going on here on the podcast right now. The Ballyclarahan to Polmucca Road is closed from 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 in the evening up until Friday the 12th of March. There's also a brand new road layout on the Glen Connor Road to be aware of with a roundabout in place where the back entrance to the hospital is. Also, some good news if you live in Marlefield and you're sick and tired of cars speeding through the village, well, speed cushions, I think we called them speed ramps or bumps back in the old days, 
Anyway, speed cushions are to be installed on the road very shortly once the lights are activated on the new pedestrian crossing. You see, happy days. Best of luck to Clonmel Sean Tobin, who's part of the Irish squad taking part in the European Indoor Championships in Poland. Sean's running into 3,000 metres tomorrow Saturday with the final on Sunday. So come on, Sean, you can do it. Now, fancy chilling out and listening to some lovely classical music? The Sofa Symphony Listening Party is now on, and I caught up with Eamon O'Malley to tell us more. I'm joined by Eamon O'Malley, curator of the Sofa Symphony Listening Party. Eamon, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Uh, tell us more about the Sofa Symphony Listening Party. Sure. So, the Sofa Symphony Listening Party, the listening party idea is a, is a thing that's kind of caught on the last year where a community of people will listen to an album or some music and then have a discussion about it. It started on Twitter um, and what we've tried to do is we put an emphasis on more kind of classical and concert music and also try to make it more community based here in Tipperary uh, that allows people to interact and listen to the music and comment on it and all the music is going to be uh, preceded by a kind of an introductory video sort of to give a, a little bit of context a little bit of a biography of the composers a little bit of the background of the pieces so for people who are kind of interested in music or interested in classical music but you know a lot of people feel intimidated by it or are not sure where to start it gives you that little bit of a little bit of knowledge a little bit of an introduction uh, a little bit of a framing for it and then we listen to the music on Spotify and then we can comment on Facebook and so the whole thing is usually, it's going to be run as a, a Facebook Live event uh, with the listening to be done on Spotify, Mark. I hope that explains it. It does, yeah. very well. And this started yesterday, Thursday, didn't it? Thursday, that's right. And it's continuing every Thursday in March. So last night, we would have started with uh, Bach and the Brandenburg Concertos. Next Thursday, we're looking at Beethoven and the very famous... Uh, Symphony Number no. Five in C Minor, the da, 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 that everybody knows. Oh, we all love that yeah, one. We yeah, all love, everybody loves the first, five, you know, four <laughs> notes. But then there's a whole, you know, there's, there's a, more than just that. Yeah, and, and and that's what I I like about it is that you can expand people's uh, knowledge of these things and kind of introduce. The, the, the story behind it, you know, and that's great. And then uh, the week after, next week, we'll have uh, Claude Debussy, Le Maire, and then finally Aaron Copland in Appalachian Spring. So that's going into the middle of the 20th century. So you're going chronologically as well uh, through music, starting from back all the way up until uh, the, the 20th century music. So it's a great program, a really lively, very interesting music. And it's, it's music that has really stood the test of time. And I think with the, the videos that we're going to present on Facebook Live beforehand, it gives you a real context and, and sort of a how to listen to it. Because, you know, with, with classical music and, and longer form music, it's very easy to kind of get not turned off but like for our attention span to, to to drop and to wane and not kind of realize what's what's going on in the music and so we try and give a little bit of a context and how to how to follow the music you know? and how do people actually get involved so it's easy enough to get involved we, we can you can either uh, find us on our Facebook our Instagram and our Twitter pages if you just search for sofa symphony we're the only ones with that name you'll find us you can email me directly at sofa symphony party at gmail.com and also on eventbrite you can search for sofa symphony again and book your tickets there and the idea is like that you book your tickets and it's like a concert experience in that you will get to talk to the other people that are listening we all check in on facebook we all leave our comments you can you know 
leave what your opinions, your impressions of the music, and you can interact with other people too. Because that's, you know, Mark, that's one of the great things about going to music, isn't it? Is that you meet Some people is, afterwards yeah. and, you, and you kind of, you, you, you swap stories and you swap your, your, your feelings about the music. And um, we're all missing that interaction at the moment. You it's know, a great way to escape the, the COVID-19 yeah, pandemic for it is, a while, now, isn't it? Absolutely. We, we can't go to the concert halls themselves. Uh, we, the videos that we, we shot for this, I actually shot them in the, the White Memorial Theatre. So Brilliant. kind of Lovely. just, just <laughs> give us some, just give, give them some business. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, it is that whole experience. Music is, is a very social thing, you know. Sure, it's, it's about expressing messages and stories um, and sounds. But also, it's, it, it, it performs a real social role, music does, uh, especially in Ireland, you know. Uh, it's a way we often connect with each other. So it's a great uh, way for you to kind of just talk to other music fans. So in my mind, I think this appeals to everybody from music students up to people that are cocooning at home. Eamon O'Malley, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast this week. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Now, still to come, an amazing story of Clonmel jockey Shane Harris and how his life was saved by the ICRR Air Ambulance. That's coming up. But well done to Deals in Clonmel, who donated just over €4,500 to Make-A-Wish Island. The money was raised for a series of events, including a cyclothon at Deals at the Showground Shopping Centre. Staying with the Showground Shopping Centre, well done to Argos and manager Des Barnett who donated €300 Euros worth of goods to Family Carers Island. Great to see the Clonmel Community Policing Unit delivering essential supplies to vulnerable residents in town during the week. Should you or you know someone who needs help, please contact the Clonmel Garda Station. They'll be glad to help. Now, how about learning some first aid? EMTS based here in Clonmel are now taking bookings for a first aid response three-day course. This is in April and the dates are the 7th, 8th and 9th and the 28th, 29th and 30th. For more details, email info at emts.ie. McDonald's opened in town last week and were we happy about this? They have now announced some extended opening hours. They are 11am to 11pm, Monday to Sunday, and very soon they are launching Mac Delivery in Clonmel from the 25th of March. Just download the Uber Eats app and you can have your Maccas delivered straight to your door. Oh, hang on, I have something regarding McDonald's here. Where is it? Oh, yes. What about this? If you're a fan of McDonald's, a new scented candle which smells exactly like a McDonald's cheeseburger has now been launched. Yes, it will burn for 30 hours and spreads the aroma of beef, onions, pickle, ketchup, mustard and cheese around your house. (laughs) This is what we wanted when McDonald's in town was not open, to have those fond memories brought back to us again with a scented candle that smells like a McDonald's cheeseburger. (sighs) Ah. Perfect gift for any McDonald's fanatic fan. I know a few people, including my postman Declan, who would love that. That's his present sorted out for next year. Enjoy. <laughs> love it. Okay, time for this week's interview, where I heard an amazing story about Clonmel jockey Shane Harris. Shane is captain of the Irish Polo Cross team, and his life was saved by the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance after a horrific horse riding accident. The Clummel Podcast. I'm joined by Shane Harris on the Clummel Podcast this week. Shane, how are you? I'm good, thanks. 
You have a story and a half to tell, but before we get to that, you are part of the Irish Polo Cross team. Yeah, part of the Irish Polo Cross team for about... Since about 2005, I was on the junior team and went all the way up along to under 21s and now senior level. And what's the interest of Polo Cross? Because you're, you're, you're born in Bredding Clonmel, you're from Highfield Grove. Yeah, so I suppose when I was in school, um, one of my friends was, was going riding lessons one day, so I decided to tag along. Got up on the horse and never really got off ever since. Where'd you take the lessons? Uh, Davern's Equestrian Centre on the Federal Road there. Do you remember getting your first horse? I remember getting my first horse, yeah. Um, it was a very exciting day, actually, when I got my first horse. But Really? Yeah, yeah, very exciting day. You got onto the Irish Polo Cross team. Yeah, so I got onto the junior team in 2005, and um, that was my first experience on an international team, I suppose. I was only 16. We, we travelled to Cardiff for a weekend and it was a good experience. Very fun weekend. And then from then, kind of progressed to the under-21s. Same, I went to England now and again. But it was when we got senior level where we really got to travel. I was in South Africa in 2015 and again in 2018 in Australia in 2019. Yeah, we must explain though, it wasn't just a normal competition, was it? No, 2015 in South Africa was the World Cup. And again in 2019, I was part of the squad that went to Australia to the World Cup out there. What was it like playing in a World Cup? Very nerve-wracking. Very nerve-wracking. It must be, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and I know people don't know much about Polacost, but in places like South Africa and Australia, it is nearly a professional sport. So you are playing in, in a stadium in front of, could be 10,000 people, you know. Give us uh, insight as to what it feels like before you go out onto that field in a World Cup game. Yeah, so I suppose the, the days leading up to it, you're very nervous because, number one, you're not riding a horse that you're familiar with. Really? Yeah, you, you get a horse out there and you get a few days to get used to the horses, which is still not your own horse. So you're not familiar with that. So the first thing you're thinking of is you hope you don't let the owner that owns the horse down that's lending you these horses. And then leading up to it, obviously, look, you're representing your country, you're going to be nervous. Um, but I try and zone out. I'm kind of a person that needs to be on my own for the hours leading up to it and then try and get in the zone before you get to game time. So the home team really do have advantage then because they've all got their own horses. Yeah, so the, own team, the, the home team sorry, uh, would have a considerable advantage, I suppose, yeah, because... A lot of the players will be giving horses into the pools, but then they're testing the horses for the World Cup as well to see are they up to standards. So they would be fairly familiar with all the horses. I'll put it this way: South Africa won the World Cup in 2015, and Australia. Ah, the of World course Cup they in did. 2019. So any chance of a World Cup coming to Ireland in the future? No, there was a World Cup in England in 2011, but just to host something like that is just. I think you need over 400 horses and, you know, I know Ireland sent over horses to England for their World Cup, but the standard isn't isn't there for the world stage, you know. So how did Ireland do, how did you do, sorry, in the world, first, the first World Cup in South Africa? In 2015, we came seventh and then in 2019, we jumped up to fifth. How many teams taking part? There's... Not eight teams is all taken part. So we're second last in 2015 and then fifth in 2019. Now, 
Let's move on to something that happened to you. It was a June Bank holiday weekend and your life nearly ended. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so June Bank holiday weekend. Um, do what I always do, I suppose, going out riding the horses. I was riding a horse um, and she basically, out of character, uh, reared up and kind of fell. She fell backwards and crushed me underneath her. And knocked me out. I believe the horse fell on you then. Yeah, the horse fell back on me and crushed me. Um, you were knocked unconscious? Unconscious straight away the minute I hit the ground, yeah. Now, obviously, you don't remember what happened because you were unconscious. What have people told you? Yeah, so from what people said, once I hit the ground, there was no movement. Um, so there was a bit of a panic on. So they could see blood coming from my ear. So they immediately rang the ambulance and told him the symptoms. I was finding it hard to breathe. I was unconscious. And when the ambulance service um, heard of the extent of the injuries, they phoned a helicopter to be on standby because it sounded like a fairly fairly serious injury. Now, these guys were quick, weren't they, to get to you? Yeah, they were quick. I think within 20 minutes, the helicopter was circling and waiting to land. But even the ambulance service from Clomel here was there within 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And there was even a local person that heard the call coming in that was off duty that actually came to the scene as well because he was close by. So This so, happened just outside the town in Feathered? Yeah, just outside the town in Feathered, about a couple of kilometres outside the town. And was it a strange horse you were riding at the time? It wasn't my own horse and it was actually the first time I rode it, but... Mm. It was out of character for the horse to do this. You know, it would be known as a fairly experienced horse. So the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance was called. They assessed you and they took you to University Hospital Court. Is that right? Yeah, so they landed, assessed me. Um, obviously knew I needed to get to the hospital quickly, so they loaded me into the helicopter. I got a blood transfusion in the helicopter on the way down to the hospital Um and I, they landed in Bishopstown GA Club, which is fairly close by because they've no helicopter pad on the hospital, and transferred me from there to uh, ICU in Cork. There in about 25 minutes, were they? From when they got there, yeah, 25 minutes, yeah, into the hospital. That's yeah. amazing, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's very, very quick. Like, I wouldn't have got anywhere as quick in an ambulance. So you're in hospital. You, I gather you're still unconscious at this stage, are you? Yeah, I'm coming in now with consciousness. consciousness. All that day, for the next few days, I'm in and out, but I'm pretty much out of it, yeah. What was the extent of your injuries? So um, I punctured two of my lungs, um, broke eight ribs, broke my collarbone on my shoulder, and I had a lot of internal bleeding, um, which was the biggest worry, I suppose, because my lungs were filling with blood. So they basically had to drain... Put a drain on one side of my body, draining the blood out of my lungs, and put a drain on the other side of my body, actually giving me blood. You know, so that was the biggest worry was the my lungs. And when you came through, what I mean by that is now when you kind of regained consciousness and you were aware of the extent of your injuries, were you in a lot of pain as well? Um, I was in a lot of pain when I came around, but they did give me good pain medication in the hospital. I was made very comfortable from the get-go down there. I was probably not able to get out of the bed for 
at least two and a half weeks, you know. How long were you in hospital for? Altogether, it was just under, about a month altogether, just under a month. Um, but it was during a bad time. COVID just hit, so no one could come in to see me. That's right. So your family, friends, couldn't come to visit you either? Yeah, no. So the closest they could get was reception to just drop me off stuff, just drop me off gear. So apart from that, it was just talking on the phone. And even at that, I wasn't really up to that because my lungs were very, very, you know, they weren't able to, for long conversations or any of that, you know. So it was just basically text message most of the time or five-minute phone call. You then got to go home. Yeah. How did that feel, getting out of hospital? Yeah, no, getting out of the hospital was the day I... Oh, for the few days leading up to it, it, every day they were telling me I could go home and then they were saying, no, you're not right, you're not ready, you're not ready. So it was kind of... The day they told me I could come home was a big relief and, you know, I was just excited to get home and just to my own house and see people that I knew, you know. There is that thing, though, and I've been in a situation where I've had to go for an operation for something or other, and it's when you leave hospital... The doctors and nurses, they're not they are not there to look after you anymore. Yeah, you feel a bit alone. You do, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you know, you feel a bit alone that you can't call on anyone. And did you move back home with your parents? I went to my parents for a few days, yeah, and then I went back to my own house, you know. Um, but again, I had so many people around me calling in and stuff, you know. I was lucky that way. I was, I was never going to be alone there, you know. People helping out or whatever. But and the process then for recovery, slow process. Yeah, it was a slow process. Um, going to, I'm still going to physio um, for my shoulder and my collarbone. And then with my lungs, I'm still doing exercises for that, you know, because my lung capacity still isn't back to full, full capacity. I don't think it ever will be, to be honest, but I just need to keep it as good as I can, you know. I have to ask the question too. Have you gone back on a horse yet? Yeah, so... And what was the first time like? So I suppose I was back, I was in the hospital for a month and I suppose I was home for a month and I was out looking at someone riding my horses, I suppose, a few weeks later. Who was that? girl from Feather, Annie Connolly. She comes in and helps out mm. um, with the horses a good bit. So she was look, actually a big help when I was in the hospital. She went out and rode me out for me every day and whatever. And you're thinking, oh, I want to get back on that horse. Yeah, so I was actually teaching her polo cross. Mm. And I was trying to show her something. And it was very hard from the ground, so I said to her, I said, hey, look, get off that horse, and I'll get up there and I'll show you how to do it. And before you got on the horse, how were you feeling physically? I felt physically that I could do it, but I, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was kind of up on the horse before I knew it. It wasn't even, it was just a sec, came second age to me. I just got up on the horse. And what was going through your head? Just showing her what to do, really. I actually wasn't thinking of... There was no kind of... Oh, hang on a minute. I've just jumped on the horse. No, absolutely no. I think everyone else that was there were kind of going, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. But I was like, I had no apprehension, no no nothing. Just got up and that was it. And so went for a bit of a gallop? Or was it a very slow... I would say a gallop now. A bit of a trot slow, maybe. Fairly slow now. A bit of a slow canter, I suppose you call it. But and there was no hesitation whatsoever? Zero hesitation, no. Zero because they always say that it's it's about getting it's like full off a bike, get back on there. Yeah, get back on as soon as you can. But no, there was never any hesitation. I never feared getting back on them again. You know, I think if I did fear it, I'd say right, it's time to give up. But, and this is your life. I mean, horses are your life. You're a jockey. Yeah, like I, this is a big part of my life. I suppose I obviously work Monday to Friday, but 
every evening I'd be riding the horses. Then the weekends I'm competing, or at the moment I'm riding out for a local trainer in Feathers, PJ Colville, you know, on a Saturday. So. And you, you, you train horses too, don't you? Yeah, I, I would train horses for polo cross as well, you know, um, break a few. I've got to ask you, sorry, you said break a few horses. I have this image in my head <laughs> of these Western movies and these rodeos where you see these Mustang horses and they are literally doing the whole buckaroo thing. Uh, is it like that? Yeah, well, you could come along some days and <laughs> you could think you're looking at a rodeo now, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wouldn't be far off it sometimes. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you'd be good at a rodeo then? Oh, I wouldn't say I'd be good at it now, but <laughs> I'd give it a fair shot, I just, I'd like to hope. <laughs> so there's no hesitation now riding at your horses. You're back to riding normally? Back to riding normally, yeah, but obviously you haven't been competing all last year. Obviously I couldn't anyway, but with COVID it wasn't happening anyway. And this year we're still unsure, but I'm still riding my horses, exercising them and practising, but not competing at a high level or anything yet, you know, so... But you do hope to still get back into the Irish Polo Cross team? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. So the next World Cup is in 2023, and I suppose we'll have a few tours before that. So I hope to be fit and able to get well, back We there. wish you the best of luck too. Let, let's, let's get back to the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance team. They saved your life. They're not government-funded at all, are they? They rely on donations. Yeah, so they did. Absolutely, they saved my life, and they've saved a lot of other people's lives too. Um, I know without them... Jeez, I would have been in a lot of bother, you know. Um, I was looking at some of their statistics from last year even. You know, they, they attended 490 accidents across 13 counties last year alone. Yeah, so they cover a wide area. And, you know, they're not government funded. It is a charity at the end of the day, so they do have to be supported. And you're doing a bit of fundraising for them? Yeah, I'm doing a bit of fundraising at the moment. So, um, And they're also doing, in March, they're doing a thing called... March for March, which is very easy, really. You just have to do 10,000 steps a day. So during this month of March, 10,000 steps a day? 10,000 steps a day, yeah, which would be hard for me, um, especially with Cheltenham. So I have to get up off the couch at the week of Cheltenham and do my 10,000 steps that morning. Of course, yeah, you're a big fan of Cheltenham, aren't you? Big fan of the racehorses as well. Any yeah. tips for Cheltenham, Shane? Not yet, no. And I won't give them out and because <laughs> they could come back to haunt me. <laughs> I think we could have the Shane Harris tip of the week on the Clonmore podcast from Cheltenham. <laughs> so if people do want to donate, they can contact this website, icrr.ie, and make a donation. Yeah, so you can go onto the website, yeah, and I think there's um, a link to just donate um, to the charity. And like every charity, every little helps and could save a lot more lives next year and this year, obviously. Your story has been very fascinating. We wish you the very best of health and look forward to seeing you back on the Irish Polo Cross team once again. Thanks very much. Shane Harris, thank you so much. Thanks very much. The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Shane. Amazing story, that. And we're all glad he's in good health. Now, coming next week, I take a trip to the White Memorial Theatre and speak to Dermot Vaughan about the history of the theatre, some of the big shows that went on there many years ago and... Is it haunted? It's a known fact to most of our members that we have a resident ghost and he's affectionately referred to as Charlie. There's been numerous sightings down through the years um, of Charlie, uh, mainly in the balcony, um, but sometimes backstage areas you, you might catch a glimpse of something. That's coming next week. 
In the meantime, look after one another. Stay safe. If you'd like to contact the Clonmel Podcast, you can do so by emailing theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And why not check out the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. Oh, and by the way, keep an eye out on the Clonmel Podcast Facebook page over the weekend for your chance to win a €50 voucher from A&E Jewellers at the Showground Shopping Centre for Mother's Day on Sunday the 14th of March. The winner will be announced on this podcast next Friday. Until then, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.